Welcome everyone to the Worldwide Knicks podcast, episode number 71. Uh, I'm your man streaming from Portugal, uh, Rafa, alongside me, the man from Scotland. We know the best math teacher in the uh, on, on the internet, basically. Alex, how are you feeling this uh, fine evening? Yeah, well, um, yeah, not too bad, actually. I mean, uh, Knicks-wise, it was a fairly kind of as-expected week, so... Um, yeah, we both predicted exactly what happened, so um, no, no real surprises. But yeah, lot, lots to talk about as always. Yeah, there's uh, a lot to talk about. Not only uh, about the Knicks games, but things surrounding the Knicks. Uh, we'll get into that pretty, pretty uh, soon. Now um, the week, the week was as expected, as we uh, said. Um, beat, we beat the Spurs in Wembanyama's uh, debut in at the Garden. It was not a pretty sight most of the game, but just I think Wembanyama just needs to get his feet right in the NBA so he can he can be a, a better player. Um, then we had, we beat the Spurs. We beat uh, we the we the Hornets. Sorry, after beating the Spurs, two games pretty clean game by the Knicks. Uh, it's a good wins. And then last night we uh, just got uh. No, we lost against the Boston Celtics uh, without R.J. Barrett, who, who had a migraine, so he didn't play, and how the, the Knicks uh, missed him. Um, so, yeah, I, as we have been doing it, good and the bad for the week. Alex, uh, what do you think was the good of the week for the for the Knicks? Um, I think after just the kind of uh, shaky start to the season, I think it's just, you know, the good's just seeing the kind of... Um... Players back in form, um, Randall, Brunson, uh, obviously RJ is continuing his form. Um, and we're, you know, you know, we, we said, you know, it's as, it's, a, it's an as expected week, but that, that's a good thing. You know, like if you, yeah. if you as a team want to be taken seriously as like a regular playoff team, then, you know, you need to beat the teams that you expected to beat, you know, and compete against the, uh, compete against the big boys. And that, that's exactly what the week showed. So, um, loads of promise there. Um, saw a bit of signs of life from Grimes last night as well. Um, I, I thought the team competed really well. Um, and both, I mean, both games against the Celtics, even that 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 game one. Um, you know, there's loads loads of kind of uh, not so great things uh, in game one, uh, like free, free throws and things like that. But we still competed, yeah. you know, and we're leading into the fourth quarter and um, just slipped away from us. I think last night, a lot of it just came down to you know, you know, Tatum just suddenly finding a spark and you know, just going kind of nuclear for a bit. And when when Tatum's in that kind of form, there's there's really nothing that can stop him. Um, so, um, yeah, um, just closing the game, right? Tatum just closing out the game, just like yeah. like he does well, I, basically. I, I think it would kind of link on to what we'll talk about later about just you know that that age old kind of um, thing about the Knicks, you know, looking for that star player. But that's what star players do, you know. They just turn up when the turn up when they're needed, you know. Just take the team on their back and and kind of see out games like that, you know, close games. And um, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in that that fourth quarter you know and um just every shot was just you know all net you know just you know it's like watching uh, sometimes yeah. when you watch uh, kd like that you know you're just like there's, there's absolutely nothing you can do about that you know kd's like what pushing seven foot and 
you know, high release and, you know, when he's shooting as good as he's shooting, there's just literally nothing you can do. You know, even if you put Wemben Yammer on him. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think you just have to hold your hands up and just say, look, that's just, you know, they're just a better team uh, all around. And when you've got a guy that can just turn it on like that, then, then um, yeah. I think the Celtics problem will come when, when the injuries start piling up, which they always do, especially with somebody like Porzingis. So, how can they cope um, with that? Because they're, they're not the deepest team. So, but uh, unfortunately, we've yeah, played them twice now, and they've healthy. been pretty, pretty, um, pretty healthy. So, um, yeah, I they're, don't think I don't they're think playing, they're invincible. Well, they're not invincible, but I think they're playing. It's other uh, unlike uh, other teams in the league. The fit with Porzingis and Drew Holiday really well. Seems seamless. Uh, well, um, Porzingis fit fitted right really well. Uh, Drew, Drew Holiday fitted right right in there as well because he kinda uh, is a, in the same spot as Marcus Smart was, mm-hmm. but more cool headed a player type of player, a lot more cool headed than Marcus Smart. Um, so it seems kind everything seems to fit right now and Tatum I think is Tatum is reaching another level to his game mm-hmm. and clearly becoming the leader of that team in terms of closing the games and everything like you mentioned the fourth quarter uh thing he just just took over and then the, the in the next didn't have an uh, a, a an answer defensively for him uh, Josh yeah. Hart and uh, Grimes uh, quickly whoever they throw at the body and you were just too small for him but it'd normally be RJ on him wouldn't it so um, that was missing as well. Yeah, it, and in terms of he's RJ is clearly the strongest of them, and he would be, give a little bit more trouble to to Jason Tatum there. But I, I would think Tatum would still get the the, the, the buckets he 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 wanted, sure. uh, yeah. even even if RJ even with RJ it, maybe a little different. He had mm-hmm. to do it differently instead of being uh, down, down the post, just abusing them. But he would still get his. Um, I yeah, thought Randall played good. a lot better against um, against Drew this time. Um, I think game yeah, one, it was, Drew, Drew kind still of, had a really lot of took him off his kind of stride a little bit, but I thought he played a bit better against him. I don't think that worked quite yeah, as Randall, well. Randall was a, a bit better this week. Still a lot of uh, boneheaded moves and just not let me handle it. And I think it's he doesn't need to do that. He ne- he needs to trust the rest of the team, and I th- it was. I was going to say that the uh, we had trouble with the against the Celtics. Well, it's the game fresher in our minds, and it was the more difficult, most difficult game we had this week. The game against the Spurs and the Hornets was really, really straightforward. We just uh, I read on Twitter uh, this week that uh, we didn't play with our food. We just went through it, finished the game. No. How many games of, of this of these we would get uh, we, we would lose against teams like this? Yeah, but that was my point at the very beginning. You know that that, that yeah. that's the team we are now. We are a playoff team now, and playoff teams just turn up and take care of business. You know, in, in games like that, so it was so encouraging to see that you know the mentality was there now that you can just go into these games confident. Like we we've talked so much so much about next PTSD, but you know, I went into both of those games it's just real. like it's real. I, I went, but I went into those games just like pretty confident. You know, I was like, you know, we can win this. I think 
you know, all being well, this should be quite straightforward, and it turned out to be. So I'm beginning to, famous last, I'm beginning to lose the PTSD a little bit. I know. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> I know. This week is going to be miserable. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Uh, Hawks one um, always seems like a as 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 a kind of banana skin kind of one that I don't like. Look, you know, that's a potentially it's one that hard. it's always overconfident. The Hawks is. Yeah, I guess the Hawks is always difficult because Trey Young can turn it up or or not, as you can, as we've seen. Um, but yeah, but this week, uh, the game we got, I was about to say, the game against Celtics was a game giving us more trouble, and we saw more. Um, well, the the Knicks trying to 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 hang around with the the Celtics. Only only in the fourth quarter did we not hang around with the, the Celtics, and maybe the legs from that. Back to back, even though they didn't, the, the, the starters didn't play the fourth quarter, it's still uh, going to to Boston uh, and playing in Boston against a tough team like the Boston Celtics. It's took a toll, and without RJ Barrett, so Brunson and Randall had to play more uh, minutes with the second unit as well, which, in my opinion, hurt hurt the Knicks uh, tremendously because um, you've seen even. Uh, so I was just. Jumping to the bad, basically, this from what I saw this week, um, without RJ it, in the second unit, it's not about RJ being the, the master he is, but in the second unit with RJ, you can you see a lot of lot more of Emmanuel quickly because they share the load. Yeah. And what we saw with the, in the minutes that Randall and Brunson play with the second unit, especially Brunson, it was more. Let's give the ball to, to 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 Randall and see what what happens. There was a lot lot less quickly just doing his thing, hmm. and so he didn't have a chance to get it going and uh, get his shots, uh, put up his shot the shots he needs to be because quickly is a, a volume shooter as well. And he needs those shots to be in the game. So I think he is the, give that uh, the bad basically is giving that a. Uh, 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 that the 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 balance between the first unit and the second unit, even if RJ is not there, or what whoever, or Josh Hart, whatever, who, a guy who can be injured and Randall needs to play the second unit or, or or Brunson, they need to just let let that second unit play as they play, instead of because basically it was with the first uh, team ex extended with different uh, with different cast of players surrounding Randall and and Brunson. We need to. The second unit has been so efficient for us. It's been so important for us, and we kind of needed them to to function as a second unit. We we have been seeing, and it didn't happen with without RJ um, being there. So, um, but yeah, but the good. I let's get to the good. I don't know if you want to say something bad about the week again, Alex. Nothing else. Well. I mean, like last week, I talked about the kind of lack of Plan B and uh, oh, Plan C, or Plan yeah. D, and and I know that they're, they're the kind of top team probably in the conference and one of the favourites for the title. But just watching the Celtics and the way that they can they vary their play, um, they switch everything, you know, and you know, Porzingis can. Kind of coming out to the coming out to the perimeter, just kind of drawing Mitch out the out the paint, just confusing. I just say, uh, yeah, 
you said you, you mentioned Porzingis and Mitch. Mitch did a lot, uh, a lot better job he this did. game against Porzingis. So he that's did. work. That's praise on the coaching staff to adjust to that yeah. offensive. The, 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 the way that they vary the play just to keep you guessing you know and there was quite a few plays in the second half where to the to, to the kind of um neutral eye i guess that you might look and just say oh the knicks are just got no idea what they're doing they're just kind of dribbling about they don't really know don't have a plan but just the way that the celtics defend and and, and switch and it's just a it's you know, again, if if it wasn't the Celtics, it would just be a total joy to watch. But I can't stand the Celtics, so I don't want to give them any kind of um, any kind of real compliments. But yeah, like just as I said, all the players are adaptable, different positions, different. They can guard multiple positions, and you've got even got a guy like Horford coming off the bench, who's who's obviously old now, but um, again, is that same mold? You know that you know, can play multiple positions and, and guard multiple players. So it's it's very hard to stop. And, and it, it, they can make you look foolish um, if you don't have a similar kind of adaptable game plan. So, again, I think along similar kind of lines to last week, I think that's something that the team really needs to improve on. Um, I think we're getting more players onto the roster now that are, you know, a bit more adaptable. We've seen Hart and... Um, DiVincenzo playing a number of different positions, uh, handling the ball, not off playing off ball, all this kind of stuff. So, um, I think you know we're getting there slowly, but yeah, we're st- looking at the Celtics. Even though we competed well in both games, I think we still got a long way to go. So, um, yeah, whether that's, up on that. whether that's personnel or whether it's uh, you know just being a bit more creative with the the plays and systems. Yeah, I was just—it uh, stuck in my mind uh, what you said about how DiVincenzo with Hart and other players pl- play different positions, so they guard different players throughout the game. It's not as consistent as it, it is. It's a, a lot of uh, a switching um, every time down down the court. Um, I kind of like that. It's it it, it doesn't get the the, the 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 offensive player to if he's talented enough. To pick up on the the weaknesses of the defender, if it's the same guy every time down the court, if he has to adjust different players, I uh, uh, so he he can't get into a rhythm because he needs to change things up. So what happens? Imagine what 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 works when the Josh Hart is defending maybe doesn't work when R.J. Barrett is defending or Julius Randle is defending. Something I would probably would like to see last night would be a. Julius Randle kind of guarding Jason Tatum for that size to be uh, uh, well gone, that size advantage that Tatum had. Um, but yeah, it's uh, well, it, it's it's not it's nothing new that we don't really have a plan B. And right now, especially without Barrett in the lineup, we clearly don't have a plan B. It's, I mean, the only, it, the only it's, thing it's I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I, oh, I know. I'm kind of countering my own point here, but no, no. Exactly. This week, at least, we, you know, I know that there are straightforward games, but the the ball movement has has been noticeably better, and um, you know, Randall's been playing a lot more withdrawn role, like we wanted to do, uh, just trying to be a bit more uh, picking his spots for 
good shots rather than trying to force the play. So these are all things that we all want. You know, we all asked for uh, the low turnovers. You know, there's loads of positives coming out of the week, whether that's to oh, do yeah. with the opposition or whether it's to do with, you know, the team is actually growing into into a, a kind of towards a kind of more um, v- variable style of play rather than just the iso ball all the time. Then, then yeah, it's maybe too small a sample size to say one way or the other yet. So there have been a lot of positives in that respect. So, um, but I think, yeah, again, got a long way to go. Yeah. You talk, and we talked about this, uh, the ball movement and the, the shot selection and uh, the, the ability to, to, to play make. We were talking in the, in the group chat and uh, with, uh, along, so, along with Omar about how, about with RJ Barrett being a, better decision maker this year and that helps because it's not only him like you're saying Randall's making better decisions most of the time as well uh Brunson uh quickly there Hart is a guy if you look at it a guy like Josh Hart and David Chenzo are guys who share the ball a lot so and that keeps the ball moving I mean there's that play against the I think it was the Hornets when they, it ended up with that uh RJ dunk Every Nick touched the ball, if I'm not mistaken. Like the ball shared through all the five Nicks and RJ finished it. It was ball movement. And when we get into these types of games, when we it happened last night against the, the, the Celtics, there's a, a the first half, the ball was sharing and things were, were working pretty well. When we get into that ISO type of play, slow pace, not moving the ball, that's where we, when we, and we fall. Ultimately, we, we ended up losing by 16 against the Celtics. Uh, but a good thing, let's go to a good thing. I like this week. It was a, lot, was a lot more consistent. Was, surprisingly, the three-point shooting. It was actually acceptable, good three-point shooting all around. And I'm like, oh, okay. We shoot the ball from three, and our game changes. Because if the ball is uh, falling from three, teams can't just collapse on the paint. And if they can't do that, we have guys who can live in the paint. Uh, Barrett, Brunson, Randall, quickly. They can all go just into the paint and score points. And that helps. I think that we were talking about sharing the ball. And when the shot is falling and you can know that the you're passing it out and the, the shot is going to fall, you pass it out more. You don't get into that zone when you just go to attack mode against versus three because you know if you pass it out, the shot will fall. The shot uh, will be missed. So even if it's missed, you should pass the ball. But that's another another story. But I like the three-point shooting. It was uh, maybe less hesitation uh, from the three-point line, and the ball is dropping. It it, it helped us against the, the, the Hornets and the... Um, and the Spurs, it could have helped a little bit more against the Celtics, but uh, what you're going to do. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an improvement. Having a, a team who can actually shoot the three is an improvement, and I liked it. I know if it's uh, um, something that will uh, continue, but I, I hope so. Uh, I know some guys won't keep shooting 40% from three, which is mm. ridiculous. But if they can maintain close to 40, I will be really, really happy. And a quick shout out to Josh Hart's three point from his own assist off the back of Drew Holiday. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, that, 
that blade it's he's so crafty it's those type of blades that the, the to that play and he can create that i mean yeah. it's nothing something it won't be something you see every week or every game but it's those type of plays josh hart makes it's yeah. the passion he brings the passion in that's why you pay him the money you don't pay him the money to score 20 points a game you score the money to get those rebounds, get those offensive rebounds, and play defense, and he's doing that. So that's why you pay him. Uh, I am not against Josh Harden being on this team getting paid. Absolutely I am not, not against. Him. Yeah, there's been a lot of chat about him being overpaid, and you could argue that point all night. But I, don't, I think he's been paid just about right. So for what he gives you, I think too many people just Is look he... at the points per game, and that's it. Yeah, it's. Is he a different player than what we he was last season when he arrived, getting us that well with him getting that nine game winning streak? He's not a different player. He's the same guy. Mm -hmm. Is that the thing? Is the perspective that we paid him in Divincenzo and we didn't play pay Emmanuel quickly? Well, we're paying Fournier as well. So there's that <laughs> Evan Fournier. Yeah. You know, remember yeah. him? He's still with the Knicks. Um. <laughs> So this was the next week um, playing basketball. Uh, by the way, just a heads up. Next week, we have another back-to-back -back coming. So four weeks, four back-to-back. -back. Nice, nice. The NBA the NBA loves us. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's been some gossip this week in the NBA. Some trade rumors, pro probably. And guess what? The Knicks are involved. Um one guy is a. I will switch it up. We were talking about we will be we talking about this first, but I will switch it up. Let's start first with the Levine talks. Now, we'll get to the disgruntled star after. Um, Zach Levine. Yep, reportedly he wants out of uh, Chicago, and Chicago wants him out of the the team. So they're uh, trying to fit that 40 million four year 40 million per year for four years somewhere. And apparently people say the Knicks are an option. Uh, God forbid. I will say this right now. No Zach Levine. I've said it before, I don't want Carol Anthony Towns on the team because I don't think he's a winner. I would rather have Carl Anthony Towns and Levine. And I don't want either. So it just make us clear. Levine. I mean, after the fiasco with the Bulls, what else does he really have to offer to a team like for the Knicks to acquire him and get over the hump? It just we just strangle strangle with cap for four years. And I don't I mean, he's a good player, but he is not what the Knicks need. He is, you said at the top, the, the search for a star, and Zach Levine is not that star. I mean, far from it. Um, I will let you jump in before I continue my ramble against not wanting Zach Levine as a Nick. I don't know if, I don't know where you stand. I well, think I do, but I don't, I'm not yeah, sure. I think, I think it's in general, it's been a huge surprise that, you know, this front office hasn't got. You know, you know, push the chips in you um, on somebody, anybody, and I think this is going back a bit. Obviously, with Leon Rose, you know, when he first came in, 
you, you just expected this kind of whirlwind of, and then World Wide West came in, we were just like, right, okay, it's going to be stars coming in every week, do you know, and, you know, the star whisperer and, you know, everybody's going to want to sign for the next and it's all going to be, the fact that for one thing, you know, it's not happened, they've been very patient with their roster building and, um, also, the, the fact that they don't talk to the media, I think, has been a huge surprise for me as well. I mean, not really knowing Leon Rose that well, but just going by his background, you, you would have thought they would be much more kind of upfront about everything. Um, and I think it just continues. I mean, I, my always my worry is that they're just going to jump for a star just for the sake of getting a star, um, whether it be Towns or Levine or somebody like that. And it just doesn't feel like something that they would do. Um, I, I, I don't know. Again, the, the next PTSD in me is is not just about how they play. It's also about kind of stupid but front office moves. Um, and that's just famous last words, but it, it feels different these days, you know, that you kind of trust the front office a little bit. And as I said, famous last words, but this just doesn't pass the smell test for me. Um, I mean, you've got you've obviously got Tibbs' experience with Levine. He knows the guy inside out, and he's never felt like a Tibbs player. Um, so I would be very surprised if Tibbs signed off and on that um, for that contract. But you never know. I mean. Does he does he give you any much more than than what RJ gives you? Because RJ is obviously the obvious one to go the other way in this in this kind of deal, just kind of player style and position wise. You know, I, I, you know, even if it was a straight up swap for the two players, even if the contracts worked, I still don't think I would do it. Um, I've got more faith and more trust in what RJ does. He's got more of an all round game to me, um, and I've just. Anybody that's kind of that kind of history of a of being a kind of dunker and dunk uh, you know dunk contest kind of guy that always a little bit of a kind of red flag for me that you know you you see the kind of flashy plays and that kind of gives you a, a false impression of what the guy is as a player so and maybe overvalued so he's always been that kind of guy to me I, I like him as a player but not for forty million not for you know that length of contract. Um, although forty million these days is is pretty cheap for some of these kind of top level guys, but to me he's not top level. You know, I'd rather uh, for looking for a player like that, I'd rather wait it out and see if you could get Donovan Mitchell again. But if you're going that kind of route, so um, but yeah, not for me. I don't think it will happen. Um, just based on previous moves that this front office has made. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But yeah, I'm firmly in the no thanks camp. So we are at the in, at the same camp, and I liked it. Thank thank you. Um, but yeah, it, obviously the, the the trade would be Zach Levine for RJ Barrett, and I don't think it makes and it makes no sense to trade Levine for RJ Barrett. It didn't make sense for me ever uh, again because I don't think Zach Levine is the guy to. I can't say that Brunson, Randall, and Levine is the way to go to win a championship. I don't think so. I mean, is that different? Is that that different from 
Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Lonzo Ball. Is that that no. different? It's not amazingly different. So, uh, I mean, yeah. Brunson uh, might be better. Uh, we don't know what, what would have happened with the Bulls if Lonzo Ball didn't uh, derail his career with injuries, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Zach Levine is not the guy, especially if RJ Barry is really continuing his level of play. Trading a, a 22, 23-year-old RJ Barrett who's developing nicely for a Zach Levine who is, to me, not a star. It's to be in the playoffs and win in the playoffs to be considered a star to me. And he he's a good player. He's a very good player, but he is not that guy. Um, and the, the only thing I'd say, sorry, guy. The, I was just, just cutting, ahead, sorry. Just, uh, the only thing I would say about that, uh, I've heard that a lot, and we heard that about Donovan Mitchell as well, of, you know, we are looking for guys that can take us to the next level and things in the playoffs. Embiid and, Embiid and uh, Jokic are also um, players that, you know, they said were, you know, kind of playoff chokers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Embiid's obviously not done much playoff-wise, but, you know, he's gone on MVP level year. Um, you know, sometimes these things just click for players, do you know, that, you know, it's not always all about them, the reason why they've not done well in the playoffs. Um, I just Donovan Mitchell. I don't think in Utah, you know, it was a particularly great setup in Utah with the the balance of the team. I didn't particularly like it. You know, the two star players never got on things like that. So, I think if you put players in the right place, you know, there's no reason why, you know, they can take you to where you want to get in the playoffs. But I, I do, I do agree. Um, you know, Levine has quite a history. And he's not really shown anything that he's that kind of guy that will run through kind of brick walls for Tibbs and, and as they take you to that next level. So, sorry, I'm about to cut you off, Rafa. No, it's uh, you, but you're right. It's absolutely you're the true. I, I, agreeing with to your point, I don't think. Yeah, Zach Levine. I don't. I'm not saying he can't. He can't succeed or can, he, he can't win a title somewhere else. Um, playing with the, with the right setup, I don't think that right setup is the next for him, for the players we have, for everything. I don't think he is the guy to to trade for, and I can't express enough how. Uh, I mean, it might be harsh, but if he was the guy, why would Minnesota trade him? You know, it. it I know it's bad to think of like this because it's not that linear always. But why would they let him go for? Uh, I don't know who, who they got was Jimmy Butler or something. It, well, why, they, why yeah, they, all, they, all, they also got rid of Jimmy Butler as well. So, I don't yeah, think well, that, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler was a different story because he got mad at being there or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, but but you know, I know it's unfair to say it like this, but if you have a star within your, in your team and you know he can be a star. Well, he, he, they basically the Minnesota Timberwolves needed to choose between Zach Levine and uh, um, and uh, whoever who it was, who was it? Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and it, and they choose to keep with Towns in San Levine shopping. Um, but yeah, but then there's uh, skipping from Zach Levine. We both uh, get a a no from we. Well, Levine gets a no from us. I don't know. Uh, I've seen uh, we probably seen on on Twitter. Um, Todd Michael Todd always a, a great uh, Todd Michael sorry 
uh, always a, a great um, Julius Randle supporter. <laughs> and far from it. Um, yeah. He just, I saw a tweet from him. He just said it. I wouldn't even trade Julius Randle for Zach Levine. So you see how Knicks fans are feeling. If he says that, if he says this, he's, yeah, he's 100% not wanting uh, Zach Levine. By the way, it's uh, Toddy Woody1330 on, uh, uh, on Twitter if you want to follow him. Um, but yeah, then, but then there's another guy. Another guy who's been unhappy in his with his playing situation. Um, Alex, you have the uh, you have the clip there. It, it, we we just show this clip. Uh, yeah. Get people to know who who is it. So this is uh, post game Zion Zion. Um, yesterday, I think this was posted. Talk about the Houston game. Uh, the offense is a little bit different for you this year than it was last year. Uh, do you think that's something that you guys just need to address a little bit? Maybe do some things differently or try to adapt some things from last year? I guess, how do you feel just where you are right now? Uh, you know, like I said last year, you know, we had a team meeting and we brought up some things that I could do better, especially like with buying into program and right now it's tough right now but like i said right now i'm taking a little back seat right now and i'm uh, i'm trusting the process i'm trying my best to buy it right now and uh, you so yeah so right now right now right now right now <laughs> take out of this bed as well but I have a couple of questions about this. I don't know if you can know if you can answer them or if you thought about this as well. Question is, when did Zion Williamson did did he ever felt happy in New Orleans? That's one. It, it it's always stories to me. I think I don't think he ever felt that New Orleans was the match he wanted. I don't know if it, people say it's the Knicks. He wanted. He was set on the Knicks being the number, being the number one pick, coming to New York and building here. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's a uh, 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 fairy tales for the Knicks fans. But the other question is, what does he need to buy in for? To playing defense, rebounding. What is it? I mean, he's getting tons of money. Without he got paid millions and millions. Because he was injured, because he was injured all, all the time. Um, what does he need to buy into? I don't. I'm. I, I am well, concerned about this. Yeah, it, start, it started off in the summer. Actually, there was a quote from um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody in the front office, I think, and even the coach that said, you know, he's buying in to um, the team physically, uh, fitness wise. And he said something along the lines of, and this is the first time he's done that. And it's just absolutely incredible. Do you know, like, he's he's got his contract extension. You know, he's getting paid an absolute fortune. You'd exactly. imagine as a Pelicans fan, you'd think the least you can expect from somebody that's getting paid 200 million is to get yourself fit <laughs> as a professional you know, these guys have all got sports scientists and, you know, um, fitness people and trainers and all sorts. You know, it's it's not really much to ask. I know he's in a city where the food is tempting, shall we say, and a lot of calories. Um, so it's 
probably the worst place he could have been drafted, possibly, um, <laughs> to to keep his weight down. Um, I mean, on the flip side, I absolutely love Zion. I love generally his personality. Uh, I love, you know, he's just such an exciting player to watch. You just can't take your eyes off him. I, I really want his career to work out because, um, you know, it's just incredible talent. You know, if he's in full flight, he's healthy, he's a top 10 player in the league for me, like, no problem at all. His ceiling is, you know, limitless um but yeah there's always a but with him and you know he's always been linked with the knicks he's always um you know back to draft day obviously rj's here um but yeah it's just is this ever going to happen i i I really hope it does um whether it's on the knicks or not i just want to see the guy succeed he's obviously in the wrong place he's in the wrong team Needs a fresh start somewhere. Um, I just he came into the season actually in, in in good shape. He does seem to have bought in. He said it's hard. I mean, there's a guy like I don't know how long after the game had finished, but he he was breathing heavily. He could <laughs> he sounded like he'd just done a marathon, you know. But I mean, he's 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 obviously working um, working hard. And when he talks about taking a back seat, that's the that was the interesting comment to me. Not not so much about buying in taking a back seat I don't didn't really know what that meant but um maybe it's just like you know he's 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 not the main man at the moment just while he's getting himself in shape and getting himself integrated in the team um but he certainly doesn't look happy um didn't sound happy and yeah I can imagine you know if, if the opportunity came up whether he would actually ask out or not you know, he would he would jump at the chance to get get somewhere else. Um, it's just not the team for him. Now, can kind get of an, someone Anthony else Davis type oh. situation? Probably, it's going to have to take to get him out of there. Yeah, it, it it would take a massive trade. But do you think that place for Zion to to flourish and to actually start because he's he has shown flashes, but he's been injured most of the time with the Pelicans. I think he if he plays, the Pelicans are already a playoff team. Hmm. Or a playoff contending team. Uh, um, do you think that place for him is in New York and is in the Knicks? Because you know there's that connection with R.J. Barrett. So I, w- I would believe it wouldn't make sense trading R.J. Barrett for Zion Williamson, even though obviously would, that was someone the Pelicans would want, obviously. Hmm. Um if if Zion Williamson is Zion is coming to the Knicks in a trade, hypothetically, of course, you gotta believe that Julius Randall is the guy going back to New Orleans because Zion and Randall, I don't think it, it it's not a fit at all. Um, but would you see? Because we've talked about many guys, Levine and Beads, Carl Anthony Towns. We've talked about a lot of players coming to the Knicks because. It's what what the media does, and we get dragged into these conversations. But would you do it with Zion Williamson? Like we've said, Levine is a big no. If there's a chance we get Zion, it, it, we would need to give the bag. Probably believing RJ stays, it's quickly. It's Randall, probably Grimes, and three three hundred thousand million picks involved. Would you be willing to do that for Zion Williamson? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he's the one. If you, I mean, again, we've mentioned this before, but every single player in the league, and I'm not just talking about ones that are available for trade. You give me any name in the league, and I could give you a downside to why you would want to trade for them. Um, is no player's perfect, you know, and. You know, you're talking about everybody wants to get Embiid. You're like, they they want Embiid because he's got that MVP tag now. But there's a guy that, as we've already mentioned today, um, you know, has a sketchy kind of playoff performance record. Um, There's a guy that is not healthy all the time. Um, Can't be relied on for that. Um, Yes, he's a brilliant player when it it works, but so is Zion. Um, And I say just from the pure upside potential, I think it's worth the risk. Um, he would be absolutely incredible um, in New York, I think. Total box office. Um, obviously, the link up with RJ is obvious. Um, and yeah, if you could at least keep uh, RJ, have Zion and Brunson. And whatever else is left over, I think that's a that's a pretty good core. Um, I, I think it's worth the risk. I think you go for these top guys, and they're going to cost heavy heavy assets. Whether you can get a guy that's disgruntled like Zion is, he's got a sketchy injury history. Maybe that brings the price down a little bit, and I think that's that's the time you need to strike. Because um, if you're going for an Embiid or a, you know you're trading for a Jokic or somebody like that, you know like that's going to cost everything. You're going to have nothing left. But I think somebody, somebody like Zion, if Zion was to force his way out, you could get for certainly the picks. We've got a we've got a whole load of picks that we can we can throw at it, and then you're not going to have to clear clear the decks, I don't think, for somebody like Zion. I think, as I say, it's going to be a gamble. But, you know, every player is a gamble. Do you know, there's there's, there's downsides True, to yeah. every single player. So I think, I, I, yeah, he, he is the one guy that I would say that, yeah, I, I think push it in, go for it. Yeah, Zion is, is that name and is that old romance with the Knicks. And I mean, we we have seen players being injured and being supposedly fat and out of shape, uh, just being traded and playing immediately. So you know the injuries may sometimes they're in, or they're, they're disgruntled, um, and this is way into the future. But imagine that trade happens, a guy disgruntled with this the system with the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know if, how he would feel being coached by Tom Thibodeau, which is. I don't know if that how would that connect. You know? That's 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 just getting getting it out there. I don't think yeah. it, it would be an issue. I think you guys would need to adapt to having Zion on the team. Obviously, play differently. So uh, yeah, but obviously, that's a big trade. I would do Zion. Um, uh, that's it's gambling that the injuries are are gone or are passed behind him. I don't think that those injuries will bring the price down because it didn't bring the price down of the contract. But I do think that seeing as he was not hundred percent happy, never was hundred percent happy in New Orleans, they would give him the max just to try and keep him around for longer and not demanding a trade. 
So I think that's that's yeah. there, but it definitely won't bring the price down. We would still need to. No, I don't. I don't think the injuries will. It's whether he forces his way out and you you know it and creates a big a big thing like that where he's still going to cost a lot, but whether it's going to be less than a full, yeah. obviously a fully healthy all-star level Zion is just going to cost everything. But a Zion that's you know, basically down tools like Harden's shown, you know, you can just push your way about and, and still get what you want. Um, then, yeah. Zion, I mean, Harden is still barely a star in his league. So he can get his way around and people don't want that because the teams he plays for are teams who are contenders and they want they don't want this kind of uh, thing. But comparing the names like James Harden or even Anthony Davis when he wanted out of New Orleans, I mean, Anthony Davis had a much bigger name than Zion Williamson in terms of playing the game because Zion has accomplished little in the NBA. I mean, he's still the same name. It's it's weird to me how a guy like Zion, who has been barely playing, can demand something like that to it from a team. Because, yeah. well, they, I mean, it's, they can. It's, it's weird. It's just they could play a bit of hardball with him, you know, like like with Dame in Portland when he was asking out to go at the Heat, where Portland just said no, um, and you know the Pelicans can do the same. You know that if uh, Leon Rose starts saying, you know, trying to cheapen the price because he knows that Zion wants to go to New York, then, then yeah, New Orleans have, have got control. They can just say no. Um, it's happened loads of times over the years. So I agree. You know, it's not it's not a guarantee. I'm just saying if if there's going to be one opportunity to get somebody like that, then then yeah, maybe it's maybe it's time like this. It's something. We've just got to we've got to take the chance. Kind of feels like the uh, the Donovan Mitchell situation. He wanted to come here in the Utah, played hardball because they wanted to, they know they knew who, who who they want who he wanted to join, and he ultimately went to the Cavs. And there's still talks about him wanting he won't resign with the Cavs and come to the Knicks. So um, let's wait until he joins the, the, the Miami Heat. Um, so <laughs> He said the two players of the week have been linked uh, with the Knicks. So there's a lot of chatter, chatter right now. If you uh, log in into, into X, a lot of trades is going everywhere. Trade machine is going strong right now with Levine and everything yeah. else. Uh, Fournier is going everywhere in every direction. Poor guy. Um, a lot of no, players, a lot of fights. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of things. So um, just to before we uh, end this up, there's a, a, a new week of basketball coming up for the New York Knicks. Uh, we will try to re record now on Sunday again. We've been a little delayed these two weeks because life happened uh, to both of us. Um, and not only the Knicks happened, but life happens as well. Um, but yeah, three games. We play um, away from uh, New York. We play against the Hawks. There's always that weird game, weird matchup. We don't know what what I would to expect. Although there's uh, reports that um, RJ Barrett still questionable for the game tomorrow. Oh, really? Because he's still suffering from the that the migraines. Uh, for people, by the way, for people who are uh, condescending about migraines, 
Um, I have someone, I know someone who suffers heavily from them and it's not a joke. It's no. absolutely, if it's strong, that's not a joke. It's something you take, if it's strong and you take days to recover. So yep. yeah, yep. it's no joke. Uh, people have been compl- it's talking about how he could be his knee and they're saying it's the migraines instead of the knee, but migraines can be absolutely no joke. Well, uh, the one thing is, is the, he can rest up the knee as well at the same time. That's the, yeah, the one ab- advantage. Absolutely. Uh, it, the Hawks are playing tonight without Trey Young, who you just have a, a newborn. Um, mm-hmm. Congratulations, Trey Young, by the way. I know I don't like you very much because of what we did. You did us. Every, every but, Knicks fan's yeah. favorite other player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we play the, the Hawks as I've been uh, trying to say. Talk about the Hawks against the Hawks, and then surprise, surprise, four weeks, four back-to-backs. We go to Washington and then go to to Charlotte to play the Hornets again. Um, Alex, what do you think will will end up this the week? Well, as as I said to you before, we came on. Um... You know, at least the back-to-back this time is is two relatively straightforward games, looking games anyway, um, rather than going to Boston um, on the second night of a back-to-back like this week. So that's the one positive there. Um, Hawks-wise, I don't know if Trey Young will be back. At least he, with a newborn, he'll have sleepless nights. So hopefully he's, um, if he's, if he's playing, he's going to be, a little bit tired, so. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always a nice matchup against the Hawks. Uh, I think we match up well, match up much better than the against the Celtics. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. So, I'll go. I'll go two one. I was leaning three 0 there, but um, I'm not going to be greedy, and I'll, I'll stick with two one. Um, so, I'll say we drop one so against the Hawks. The Hawks have picked up a bit. There's the Hawks are always a question because you we don't know how they how the Hawks will play. The Hawks are a mystery yeah. to me. How they can uh, be on the verge of the of, of the NBA Finals and then completely disappear on the face of the earth. Basically, it's it's weird how that that happens. Got um, coach then now. there's it's the coach changes and they they change as well for a bit. I, I, I I'm not a believer yet in the the the, the, yeah. the, the Hawks. It, well, I'm not again a believer of the Hawks because I was really impressed with what they what they were doing. Uh, then there's the, the Wizards. Uh, let's hope Jordan Poole doesn't. Uh, well, he pulls a, a bad Jordan Poole. Let's hope he doesn't play a preseason Jordan Poole where he completely tor- torched us. Uh, yeah. So that's also interesting. Um, did uh, sorry? I, did you see? Did you see the clip of him forgetting the plays or, or not paying attention? To oh, the plays? No, not paying attention to the play. Amazing! Absolutely, that's, that's amazing. I saw a few tweets about that. That's why Raymond Green punched him. That's why. <laughs> so yeah, he has a very um, punchable face. To be fair, it's <laughs> a very punchable face, though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I want to be positive. But if RJ Barrett is out, I don't mm. think I can be that positive. Yeah, that's how game changing he has been. It's not me. It, it may be a little bit, but it's not me trying to be a, a homer for uh, RJ Barrett. It's a, a, a really he's been game changing for us. Uh, so yeah, if he plays, he's back and he's playing. We can go three of this week. 
even with a back-to-back, we can beat the Wizards and the Hornets. I think we can absolutely do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we drop one of the if, if, of those three of these three games. So, um, to if RJ plays three nil, uh, if RJ doesn't, probably we lose. We drop one game. Um, me being positive, but not entirely positive, as you can see. So, yeah, um, we forgot to we forgot to mention. Uh, I don't know if you want to have any comments on it, but the. Victor Wembanyama debut on with the Nick in in Madison Square Garden. It was yeah. It was a lot of expectation. There's still a lot of expectation about him, and he has been suffering in some of these games. I don't know if yeah. you've been uh, watching it. Yeah. Uh, the, I've got him on my fantasy the, the team, so I, I kind of keep a I keep a relatively close eye on it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there was obviously a lot of interviews with him beforehand. I think that was overblown what he was saying about, um, you know, I thought I thought the arena would be bigger than this or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that was lost in translation a little bit. You know, if if you watched the full interview, he was, he, you know, he, he seemed like he was really excited about, uh, you know, to be at MSG and and just kind of playing at that level. Um, but yeah, when the lights went on and. You know the atmosphere kicked in. I think he he kind of got lost in it a little bit. Um, he, he just he he looked he looked really nervous. Um, and I think you know he still got to fill out his body a little bit, and he got pushed around a bit. Um, so he he kind of came alive a wee bit and towards the end and kind of garbage time, but which made his stats look a little bit uh, better. But yeah, not not one to forget. I think for. For him, but the guy's just an unbelievable talent. So again, a little bit like with Zion, I don't wish ill of the guy at all. I, you know, as much as I'm a Knicks fan, I, I do love to see these guys that are just on another level around the league. So um, hope you know, hope he has uh, the kind of career he's projected to have because um, yeah, he's probably going to be the face of the league for for quite some time. Yeah, every time these players get into the NBA from from the from the draft and they're hyped like that and they're going to be the next whoever, it always starts out seems to start out slow for these for these guys. If you're not named LeBron James, everything yeah. everyone else seems to have a rough start. And because you you saw against the Knicks and then the the, the other night against the Heat as well, they just body him up. They just body him up, and he just struggled. Struggled offensively, and the Knicks att- attacked him different ways on defense as well. Um, by the way, really interesting to, to for him to start a game guarding RJ Barrett, and mm-hmm. more interestingly, interestingly, RJ Barrett didn't force one shot against Wembanyama once. Another interesting fact: Dante DiVincenzo did not try to dunk on Wembanyama as I was expecting, like the reverse jam or something. Uh, he did not do it. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a was a bit uncalled for. The the it, it, I know it's all in good fun, but the overrated chance and MSG when he was at the free throw uh, line. Yeah. It's a bit trying to get him uh, get under his skin. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Spe- especially you know it wasn't as if the game was on the line or anything. You know, uh, we were trying to put him off. You know, the game was done. So. Just have a bit of humility, you know, and 
yeah, it doesn't doesn't. It's same, really same as when people were like um, destroying those Rando posters and all. You're just like, you, you just make uh, yourself yeah. to look like a dick. Do you know? <laughs> at the end of the day, it's uh, <laughs> it's um, it it doesn't look good at all. I mean, a lot yeah, a lot of fan bases dislike as 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 already. So it's just adding fuel to that. Yeah. Nah, what's what, what, it, it won't hurt anymore, so it's 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 good. <laughs> so uh uh yeah, just just quick uh Wimbanyama uh, uh topic right here before we uh wrapped it up. Um, Alex, thanks again for being here on Pleasure this therapy always. session. I really enjoy it. This yep. therapy session weekly. Um, from watching this team that well, it's five and five, but it's still it still has uh issues for me. It's the PTSD. It's it, I mean, mine is deeper apparently than yours. Yeah. Um, Although you, you're you're the yeah, one that uh, said you're the one that said three now possibly for this week. So um, yeah, I'm sure it's me. It's me trying to to recover. It's me yeah. trying to recover. I still have PTSD now that I've said three nil. I am here saying, uh, thinking that okay, I probably f uh, ruined the week for the Knicks and we're going to go zero and three. So it's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's here. The PTSD is here. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. um, so, guys, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for tuning in for the another for another episode of the Worldwide Next Podcast. Um, follow us on X if you want to interact with us at WWNX uh, Podcast. Um, this I, I didn't fumble this one uh, this time. Uh, give us a follow. Interact with us. Me and Alex are always there, just trying to um, interact, talk some Knicks uh, with you guys. So again, thanks for listening and see you next week.